Amen. Please stay standing for the reading of God's Word. Do you guys want to clap? You can clap. I mean, praise the Lord. Sometimes in Iowa, we need permission to clap and express, you know, praise to God. It's John chapter 4. This is God's Word for us this morning. We're reading verses 1 through 26. Starting in verse 1, now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself was not baptizing, but only his disciples. He left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour, or 12 noon. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, would ask a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given it to you, living water. And the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with. The well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us this well, drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. This water that I give will in him well up into a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, sir, Give me this water so I won't be thirsty or have to come here and draw water. And Jesus said to her, go call your husband. Come here. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming. But neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you don't know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming. And is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming. He was called the Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you 
am he. Praise God for the reading and for the hearing of his word. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. You're so good to us to bring your word to us. God, on a morning like this, we do surround our families in prayer. Our moms and dads, our grandmas and grandpas, our students, our children, our kids' ministry, age, kids. Lord, we think of these babies and these little ones that have just been freshly dedicated to the Lord. What a wonderful, wonderful gift. God, we pray your richest blessing on them. We pray that mom and dad would dedicate themselves to walking with Jesus Christ. We pray that these little boys and little girls, babies, would have your hand of blessing upon them. That the power of the gospel might rest on them and and reach them and save them at the exact right moment. God, we have a big task We must hand the gospel off to the next generation. We must do it. Time is of the essence. So Lord, we dedicate ourselves, pastors and leaders and members of this church, regular attenders of the church. We dedicate ourselves to bring the gospel to as many people as we possibly can, especially our families. So, Lord, may you watch over us. Thank you for this Samaritan woman, the story of John chapter 4. God, such a powerful, powerful story of grace and salvation. Lord, you're always right on time. So, God, may you just bless in a special way. May you save those who are lost. And may you sanctify and build up those Christians who need to grow this morning. We'll give you all the glory in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, again, good morning to all of you, and my name is Josh, preaching pastor here at church. If you have a copy of God's Word, you can open it up to John chapter 4. We are going to be in John chapter 4 for the balance of our time together this morning. And uh, it was about a month ago I asked you to pray for snow. That was met with some mixed results. I feared for my life a little bit with some of your passionate responses and so as, as we revisit this and we get back together, January has not been normal at all, but hopefully by God's grace, this is a good start into the new year. I want to say two things to you. Number one, I asked for you to pray for snow. Number one, your prayer lives are awesome. You guys, you guys are incredible in prayer. The second thing I want to say to you is you can go ahead and stop praying for snow, okay? You can go ahead and stop. Uh, we praise the Lord for the snow and the power of God on display, but um, yeah, we're ready for maybe not quite so cold of temperatures and maybe not so much snow, but the Lord knows. He knows what we need. So in January, our sermon series is called Humble Confidence, and all month we are looking at this theme. My sermon title this morning is Humble Confidence at the Well. Humble Confidence at the Well. And we have cultural values at Living Water, so if you're hanging around this church long enough, you'll hear about these cultural values that surround our purpose statement. And these cultural values are biblical family atmosphere, humble confidence, the gospel is celebrated, our lives and possessions are for sharing, and Jesus gets first place. So these are the things that really drive our culture. 
And so uh, last year we did Biblical Family Atmosphere. This year we're focusing all of our January sermons on humble confidence and this topic of, of very much importance to our Christian life. And next year we'll be tackling Jesus gets first place and then we'll cover the subsequent topics later. But these last two weeks we have seen David and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with their humble confidence in God and their miraculous results of them trusting in God and his deliverance in their life. And so this morning we are going to see the humble confidence of Jesus Christ. And we get to fast forward into the New Testament, John chapter 4, and we're going to see Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. And for most of you, you've heard of this story, you know of this story, and I'm praying that God, through the Holy Spirit, would reveal this story to you with new eyes so that you would grow in his grace. And for those of you who have never heard this story before, it's very powerful and I'm honored to share it with you for the first time. As we get into John's gospel, just some brief um, kind of entry-level background things about John. It was written in 70 AD by the Apostle John. John is referred to in this gospel as the disciple that Jesus loves or the beloved disciple. Very humble from John to write that about himself. You know, it's like, who is the disciple that Jesus loved? Oh, that would be me again, right? Teacher's pet, brown noser. John is probably pastoring Ephesus at this time. He's pastoring a church at the time of writing this gospel, and he writes very clearly about the deity of Christ. John is going to argue strongly that Jesus is the Son of God who has come down from heaven to save the world. And he is going to write 10 different signs in the gospel of John that are meant to convince you and me as the readers that Jesus is indeed the Son of God who has come from heaven to save the world. So as we approach John chapter 4, just a little bit of immediate context, Jesus has just talked with the great religious leader Nicodemus. And they have had that nighttime meeting where Jesus tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. And he has also flipped over the, the tables in the temple. So Jesus got after it and flipped over tables and, and caused a ruckus. And John chapter 4, Jesus and his disciples are now traveling north. They're going from Jerusalem north to Galilee, and they are going to be going straight through Samaria to get to Galilee. Now, traveling through Samaria was very risky. Jews and Samaritans did not get along. They did not like each other. It was like traveling through enemy territory. So it'd be like a Chiefs fan traveling through Buffalo today, okay? Or a Packer fan. I just want to enjoy this moment. Or a Packer fan traveling through San Francisco last night. And all God's people said, amen, amen. I'm a Bears fan. Feel sorry for me. Yes, do. What's the difference between a Cowboys fan and a Bears fan? A Cowboys fan says, this is our year. A Bears fan says, next year is our year, right? We always, we're always a year off. Anyway, we digress. Jews and Samaritans did not get along very well. Intentions were high. And as they traveled through, Jews viewed Samaritans as unclean, less than, 
And so for them to be traveling through from Jerusalem straight through Samaria was very risky. Jesus and his disciples, as they're traveling, they stop at this town called Sakar, and they stop at noontime for a lunch break. I'm sure Jesus sent the guys into town to Casey's to get some pizza. And he's sitting there waiting and resting at Jacob's well. As he's resting at Jacob's well, a Samaritan woman comes out at noon and approaches Jacob's well to get water. Jesus Christ initiates one of the greatest evangelistic interactions the Bible has ever seen. And he displays humble confidence in his approach to her and he saves her soul from hell and turns her life around in this text. It's unbelievable to watch how Jesus does it. Now, there's a lot of ways to approach this passage. We could talk about the woman. We could talk about her background. We could talk about her story. We could talk about the disciples. We could talk about all these different things. What I want to focus on in this passage this morning is Jesus. I want you to look at Jesus. And I want you to focus on how he approaches this woman and how he saves her soul. Then we're going to make application from our lives into the gospel. And then we're going to apply it as we are called to go out and share the gospel ourselves. So here's the big idea of the passage. Jesus displays humble confidence, perfect humble confidence, in the way that he approaches and saves people. And he calls all believers to follow in his steps. Okay, so that's the big idea. Jesus displays perfect, humble confidence in how he approaches people and saves people. And then he calls those who are believers, he calls us to follow him in his steps in how we reach out to people around us. So this morning we'll see three realities of Jesus' humble confidence. Reality number one is humble confidence is, first of all, intentional. Humble confidence is intentional. Verse 4, he had to pass through Samaria. And then later on in verse 7, he comes to the woman and says, give me a drink. And then in verse 16, he says, go and call your husband. These are three highlights. Verse 4, verse 7, and verse 16 of Jesus' humble confidence fleshing itself out in intentionality. Humble confidence is intentional. Notice in verse 4, it says, He had to pass through Samaria. He had to. Now, wait a minute. He had to? Yes, the text says he had to. Aren't there other routes from south to north? Aren't there other interstates to travel from south to north? What do you mean he had to? Is that the only road available? No, not at all. In fact, we have a map here that shows you how Jews normally travel from south to north. Normally, they would go around Samaria. You can see that, that, sur- that hook. That's normally how Jews would avoid Samaria altogether when they wanted to travel from south to north. They went around the Jordan River, they went north, and then they came back across because they couldn't even step foot in Samaria. So what do you mean you had to? Here's the cool part of Jesus. He's so intentional. He knows that he has a divine appointment. He's going straight through Samaria, landing in Sakaar because he knows there's a certain lady that's going to be there. And he knows that she's going to be coming to the well. And he knows that he's going to change her life. He knows it. Jesus Christ, if you didn't know, is sovereign over salvation. Amen? 
He's intentional. He knows what he's doing. His timing is perfect. And then when the woman comes out to the well, Jesus is intentional in the sense that he takes the verbal initiative with the woman. She comes out. He could have left it quiet. But he says, give me a drink. Good night. This guy doesn't even start with a question. He comes to this woman and says, give me a drink. I have never read that in any of the evangelism books that I've ever read. When you want to really win someone to Jesus, go yell at them. You know, every evangelism books I've ever read is ask a question. Who are you? What town are you from? What's your background? What's going on with you? What's your spiritual story? There's always these questions. Jesus uses none of that information. And he goes straight out, give me a drink. Okay. Think about this. How intentional is Jesus being right now? The scripture says he was tired and weary from his journey. He was sitting down. Which points us to the humanity of Jesus. He was 100% God, 100% man. Clearly he's resting. And let me ask you a question. How much do you want to talk to people when you're tired? Eh, zero. Nobody wants to talk to people when they're tired. The only thing people want to see when they're tired is their recliner. Can I get a recliner? Amen. <laughs> Couch. Get me away from people. I don't want to talk to people. I am tired. Jesus is tired and he's so intentional. He could have just left it be silent. He could have let her get her water and move on for the day. He was intentional. He talked with this woman. Humble confidence is intentional. And then he intentionally asks the woman later on to call her husband. Go ahead and call your husband. Clearly, she didn't have a husband. She had, I got it, I got it. Gyneth, I got that. No, no it's, it's just God calling y'all, okay? He's just God's calling, wants to talk to you. So listen, Jesus knows she doesn't have a wife. She doesn't have a husband. <laughs> right? Let's close in prayer. All right, let's do this. <laughs> Speaking in public is hazardous for your health. Did you know that? So she's had five husbands. And the dude she's living with now is her sixth husband, sixth person. And she's not even bothering with the marriage now. Stained sexual past. Jesus goes there. He's intentional. You have to have humble confidence to talk to somebody else about their sexual life, right? You gotta have humble confidence. You have to know what you're doing. You gotta be intentional to address the elephant in the room with somebody. But let me just lead off with this point. Humble confidence is intentional. Jesus saved you this way, did he not? Jesus was intentional with you. He had a very specific plan about how you were going to get saved. He had you hear a message. He had you get some scripture in your life. He led people to you at very specific times. And at the right moment, Jesus was intentional with you to the point where he had you cross from darkness to life to confess him as your Lord and Savior. Can I get a salvation? Amen. Right? Timing. God is always on time. It may be annoying to us. It may be mysterious to us. But God is always on time. And Jesus is intentional. Humble confidence is intentional. Now, 
As, if you know Christ is your Savior, you might be nervous, you might be tired, you might be afraid, but humble confidence takes intentional steps towards people who need Jesus. Humble confidence comes when you go towards places and towards people that you need to talk to for the glory of God. And if you're a Christian, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you to be intentional with the gospel. God has called you to salvation and now he's calling you to reach other sinners with intentional purpose. God says, go talk to that person who needs Christ. How many times have you in, the, in your heart of hearts denied that call? I don't want to talk to that person. Some, sometimes you walk around work, you walk around culture, you walk around a store and God says, go talk to that person. You're like, no, nah, I'm not doing that, right? How many of you done that? You've done that. Humble confidence says I'll be intentional. When God tells me, I'll go do it. I have learned over the years to say, God, I'm willing. I'm willing, whatever you want. And here's what that means for me. If I'm walking into Casey's, I'm willing. God, I'm willing. If you want me to talk to somebody, I'll talk to somebody. I walk into Planet Fitness, I'm willing, God. I'm willing. Walk into hy V, I'm willing. Walmart, no, I don't know about that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But I've learned to say to God, I'm willing. I'm willing to be intentional with the gospel. I'm willing if you're going to put me there. Speaking of Planet Fitness, a few stories from this week, okay? Number one, you need to pray for me. If I collapse on stage, it's a result of Pastor Rob's hard workouts at Planet Fitness. We were doing deadlift this week, first set, sixth rep. I go up and I feel a, a burning sensation right here, old people. Can I get old people amen? Right here. This is where it happened. And I'm just like, oh, that's something. That's something. That is not. That is not icy hot. That is not. That's something different. So if I collapse on stage, just pick me up. I'll, I'll keep preaching. I'll get through it, right? But I'm hurting really bad. So on the people side, it's been really cool, right? This week, back in Planet Fitness, I go when it's frigid. Just a few months out of the year, I'll just I'll, I'll redo my Planet Fitness membership. I'll get in there while it's bitterly cold, and then I'll get out as soon as the, as the weather changes. But I ran into a young guy that I've been sharing Christ with for many years. And we met up at Planet Fitness this week. Say, hey, Pastor Josh, I got to tell you, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I'm a believer now. Really cool. Like That made my week. I'm like, this is amazing. This is God at work in this young man's life. And then um, shortly after that, also this week, there's another young man that I'm sharing Christ with. He doesn't know Jesus yet. And we, we talked, we connected. Hey, I haven't seen you in a long time. He texted me afterwards and he said, Pastor, please pray for me. I'm, I'm low. I'm at the lowest point I've ever been at in my life. Would you please pray for me? I said, I'll do you one better than pray for you. Let's get together. We have lunch this week, okay? That's exciting. Listen, when you walk into a room, just say, God, I'm willing to be intentional. I'm willing to be intentional like you were with me when you saved my soul. Humble confidence is intentional. Be intentional as a Christian wherever you're at and be willing to share the gospel. Reality number two of humble confidence is that not only is it intentional, it's compassionate. It's compassionate. Verse six, it was about noon. Verse nine, the Samaritan woman said, how is it that you, a Jew, ask me for a drink, a woman of Samaria? And then she says at the end, like when Messiah comes, yeah, he'll tell us all things. And Jesus says, I who speak to you am he. 
Humble confidence is compassionate. This woman was shocked that Jesus would be talking to her. She's shocked. What is happening right now? Why? Because Jews, broadly speaking, looked down on Samaritans. They viewed them as spiritually compromised and impure in the Old Testament. The Jews had intermarried with Babylon and Media and Assyria. So Jews had a very, very bad view of Samaritans. You were the compromisers. You intermarried. You did all this stuff. You don't even worship on the right mountain anymore. You don't even come to Jerusalem anymore. So on top of that, men did not initiate conversations with women during that time. That was unheard of. For a man to publicly talk to a woman in this way, that did not happen. On top of that, she was a social outcast. She is at the well at 12 p.m. And she's alone coming to the well. Women during that time normally went to the well in groups early in the morning. It was a social highlight of the day. All the ladies getting together, catching up, socializing, talking about all the local gossip of Sakar, what's going on. And then, then they go back home to do their duties She's not part of that group. She's all alone at noon. This is in the heat of the day. That's when she has to come. Because she had been marked as immoral and an unmarried woman living openly with a sixth man in a series of men. She longed for satisfaction in her life. There was something really wrong with her. And like the Rolling Stones song, I can't get no satisfaction. Maybe that was... Her theme song. Her love life probably started out really great. First husband, awesome, amazing. I got dreams for my life. Things are going to go well. Divorce. Second husband, okay, maybe I can salvage something. Divorce. Third husband, divorce. Fourth husband, divorce. Fifth husband, Divorce, which is when most people say, Samaritan woman, it's not a them problem. It's a you problem. And then she's like, forget it. Why even deal with marriage? I'll just live with a guy. No doubt she's talked about. No doubt she's the center of the gossip conversations that are going on. She's probably called really bad names. Prostitute sexually immoral, a loser, and here she comes and she experiences the compassion of Jesus Christ. Jesus is compassionate. He sees this woman, knows that she needs God in her life. She needs him. Humble confidence is compassionate to others. On top of everything else, the Samaritans worshiped on the wrong mountain, wrong country, wrong, wrong, wrong place. Get down to Jerusalem. You're not even in the right place. For church. Let me just say this. This woman is the wrong person in the wrong country with the wrong morals, the wrong theology, and the wrong social status, but she is thirsting for something. She is thirsting for God in her life. And Jesus Christ, this is exactly who he wants. Who does Jesus love to pour his compassion out to? 
He loves to pour his compassion out onto the wrong person in the wrong country with the wrong morals and the wrong theology and the wrong social status, but they're thirsty for something different. They're thirsty for God. Jesus is all over that with his compassion. Does that give you a sense of what Christianity should look like even today? People that you would write off, that I would write off, that culture would write off and say, there's no hope, there's no hope, there's no hope. That's exactly who Jesus wants. People who are thirsting for something, and that's why Jesus talks about living water. Humble confidence is compassionate. Jesus was compassionate to you. Think about your life. Without Christ, you were lost. You were the wrong person from the wrong country with the wrong morals, wrong social status, and Jesus Christ says, I love you. I'll bring you in. I'll take time with you. I will pour out and care for you. This is exactly what happened to every person who knows Jesus Christ. You can give a compassion amen. You can say, yes, Jesus loves me, even me. With all of my rebellion and my sin and all my mess, even me, Jesus loves. So if you know that compassion, you are called now to have the humble confidence that displays that compassion for others. So if you know Jesus, compassion is seeing people who are socially outcast and on the margins and having compassion for them. Compassion is reaching to the downtrodden with the good news. Compassion is spending time with folks that need some spending time with. Amen? But that takes time and that takes a warm heart. Compassion is what, is what crosses the bridge between who Jesus says he is and where our culture currently is. It's you, Christian. You are the bridge that God will use to get the compassion of the gospel to the right person at the right place. Humble confidence is intentional. And humble confidence is compassionate. And if you know Christ personally, you will feel where people are and you will speak to them. Humble confidence is compassionate. Finally, reality number three, humble confidence is focused. It's focused. Verse 12 are you greater than our father Jacob? You have, you have nothing to draw water with. He gave us this well. He drank from it, from, him, from it himself. And Jesus said, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. And then verse 20, she, she says, but you say, oh yeah, Jerusalem is the place we're supposed to worship. I mean, uh, but we worship on this mountain. Who's right, you know? And then she says at the very end in verse 25, I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he'll tell us all things. Humble confidence is focused. The Samaritan woman would not go quietly into the night. Oh, no. She would not just say, oh, yes, I surrender all. Right now, you are the savior of the world. I'll just follow you right now. No, she's going to wrestle for a while. Can I get a sinner wrestling? Amen. All of you who wrestled with Jesus before you came to him, you know, you can feel this passage. This is every sinner ever. No one simply just comes to Jesus. There's all these sidetracks. There's all these things you don't want to get pinned. You're like a wrestler on a wrestling mat. You don't want to get pinned. So I got a picture here of a wrestler about ready to get pinned, right? 
And this is how I picture this passage. I picture this woman. She's like, nope, you're not pinning me. I'm keeping my shoulders off the mat. You know, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to not get pinned by Jesus. But his intentionality and his compassion is going to win, right? They don't call him the hound of heaven for nothing. I was at two wrestling meets last week. Yes, be proud of me. A basketball pastor was at two wrestling meets this last week. I got to see Carlisle versus Bondurant. And then I got to see Roosevelt versus Lincoln. And I saw some kids get pinned. They got pinned. In fact, as you watch a wrestling mat, you can kind of predict it. Like, oh, that kid's getting pinned real quick. <laughs> and some kids just lay down and they get pinned and it's done deal. And other kids fight like crazy. I love it. They fight like crazy to not get pinned. So we watched several kids just fight like crazy to not get pinned. And that is such a picture of what a sinner is like when Jesus Christ starts intentionally, compassionately pointing his salvation towards someone. It's like you love it and then you're scared of it and you don't want it, right? That is how the grace of God works. Whenever you start to feel the grace of God, it's scary. I don't want to get pinned. I don't want to follow this guy. I don't want to surrender my sin and my life to this guy. Who knows what he's going to ask of me to do? Can I get a Christian amen, right? Who knows what this guy's going to ask me to do? And so you see this woman. She does not allow Jesus to, to pin her right away. She's trying to sidetrack him with all these different things, intentionally and unintentionally. She's trying to say, wow, I perceive you're a prophet. Which mountain should we worship on? And oh, uh, yeah, when Messiah comes, he'll tell us all these things, but we don't need to talk about my marriages and my sex life. We don't need to do that. Oh, yeah, we, there's all these other things that we can talk about. Jesus stays focused, right? He doesn't go down these rabbit trails. He stays right on where she needs to be, saying, oh, yeah, yeah. I will give you living water. I will give you eternal life. And this life will spring up inside of you to eternal life. Those who worship will worship in spirit and in truth. I who speak to you am he. This is an amazing focused Jesus that we are seeing here. This is very powerful. And he talks about living waters, which by the way, this is a very powerful passage for our church. John 4 and John 7. We talk about living waters. That is where our church got its name. It was from John chapter 4 and John chapter 7. This was the inspiration passages for our church's name. So this is very cool. Jesus knows his plan. He's not going to let this woman sidetrack him. He continues to drive at what is most important, her salvation. He stays focused because... He's going to turn her entire life around and she is going to be his witness to the town of Sikar and the whole town is going to come to Jesus through this woman's testimony. He stays focused. Why? Because it matters. It matters to the lives of so many other people that he stays focused on her. There is going to be a testimony. The gospel is going to come to Samaria and this woman, after she surrenders her life to Christ, is going to go back into town in chapter 4, verse 29, and she is going to say, come and hear the man who told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Christ? And everybody's like, oh my goodness, someone told you everything you've ever done? We're going to come out and see this guy. And the whole town gets saved through her testimony. But it was the focus of Christ. Christ. 
Jesus stayed focused on what really matters, mainly the gospel. And humble confidence is always focused. Jesus was very focused when he reached you with salvation. He was very focused on what he was doing. And now he calls you to, in humble confidence, go and share the gospel with that same focus. Focus is not getting sidetracked by side issues. If you start sharing the gospel with someone that you care about, you're going to get 10,000 sidetracks. You start sharing Jesus with people, they're going to be like, well, yeah, but uh, um, I got some political questions for you. Are you Republican or Democrat? Is Jesus Republican or is Jesus Democrat? You know how many times I've been asked that? So many times. No, 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 no. We're not going down that rabbit trail. Focus. We're not going there. We're going on sin and redemption and cross and resurrection. Yeah, but what about this and what about that? What about that one person who's my relative that walked away from church because they got offended and they, they will never come back to a church and now you're telling me that there's a salvation message from your church and I have church things and you talk to me about that. Is your church perfect? And I say, oh, absolutely. Amen. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not going down that trail. We're going focus. Gospel. Sin, your greatest need is to be saved. Your greatest need is to have the wrath of God removed from you and the acceptance of Christ in your life. Focus is, is talking, taking the topics of discussion and turning them back to the gospel as Jesus masterfully does multiple times in this passage. He turns it back to Christ, back to salvation over and over and over again. And if you share Christ with people They will want to take you all these different directions. You must take the topics of discussion back to the core need, back to the gospel. What about aliens? What do you think about UFOs? I know you're talking to me about Jesus, but I really want to know that. Focus. You need to be saved. Focus is believing the gospel and the sufficiency of the word of God. Humble confidence is focus. And as we close, just by way of summary, Jesus displays his perfect humble confidence in the way that he approaches and saves people. You can see it here. And then he calls us to join him. So as we close, humble confidence is intentional, it is compassionate, and it is focused. What about you this morning? For some of you, Jesus might be pursuing you to save you from your sins. Some of you have never repented and believed in Christ. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you he's intentionally and compassionately with focus pursuing you and you need to believe in Christ even this morning. You need to confess that he is your Lord and Savior, that you're a sinner in need of salvation. For others of you, you're a Christian. And I'm just asking you this. Does your Christianity look like this? Does your personal Christianity look like this? Humbly confident in intentionality, compassion, and focus. If you're like me, there's work to do. Amen? There's work to do. May the Holy Spirit lead us to those decisions as Christians to embrace this and live it out for his glory. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together. Thank you for your word. It's so beautiful, so good, so rich. Thank you for saving this Samaritan woman all those years ago, leading her to a town of Sakar and 
seen a harvest of souls happen through the testimony of Jesus Christ. Lord, you're still working in the same way today as you were back then. You are calling us to embrace our own salvation and then pursue our testimony with intentionality and compassion and focus so that we might share the gospel with other people. So Lord, the majority of the crowd here this morning is a Christian, so we want we want to apply this message well. So God, give us grace to apply it, to do it, to not just think about it, but to actually live it out this week. Give us boldness, intentionality, give us compassion, give us opportunities. Lord, may you be pleased with whatever you do through your word. And Lord, for some, there's salvation needed. Lord, there's some decisions that need to be made right here, right now, this morning. They're the Samaritan woman. They're the Samaritan man just lost amongst this crowd of people. Lord, would you save them? Would you bring them to salvation? Help them to stop fighting like a wrestler. Lord, may they just get pinned by Jesus in a great way and and get saved. Lord, we leave those results with you. We trust you to do those things. Thank you for meeting with us this morning. Bless us now as we respond in Christ's name.